right, uh, welcome everybody. Today I've got, um, I'm going to start doing a series where I start bringing people in from some of the gyms in Hawaii, especially IHF, because that's where I work. And, you know, it's, um, we have a lot of good athletes in there. And today I've got Chris Knox. Um, you're originally from North Carolina, right? Yeah, I'm originally from North Carolina. Apart? Statesville. Okay, yeah, I'm from West Jefferson. I think you're a few, a few hours. How, like, how far are you from Charlotte? Charlotte? Uh, about 35, 40 minutes. Oh, shit, yes. You're like two hours from where I'm from. So, oh, Aren't you from Asheville? No, no, Ash County. Oh, Ash County. Like okay. West Jefferson, oh. like 30, 45 minutes outside of Boone, where Appalachian State's at. Okay. Yeah, I know where you're at. So okay. I brought Chris on. Um, he's been competing. How long have you been competing? Um, I did my first show in 2012. So, going on nine years. Was it here? Where was your first show? My first show was actually in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Oh, okay. I was 21, my first show. And how many have you done? Um, I haven't competed a lot. You know, um, it's been sporadic. I was a horrible dieter when I first started out. So, I did like one show a year, and then I skipped a few years. So, probably around about five or six shows, possibly okay. seven. But here lately, you've been really active into it because, I mean, especially here the past few weeks, I know you've been changing a lot. I mean, you've always been pretty big ever since I started working at IHF a couple years ago. Um, how long have you been in Hawaii? Uh, going on, it'll be come this uh, June, it'll be two years. Okay. So. And um, I know you just did a show not too long ago, like a couple, like either last year or year before. Which one was that? I did the Arnold Classic and at the right before the shutdown. Okay. How did that go? Well, it was a, a show of that magnitude and COVID happens with no audience. It sucked. And I actually placed second place at the show and it was no audience. I'm like, I get, okay, place second place at one of the largest amateur shows in the world and nobody's yeah. there to witness it. So that kind of sucked, but it was still, it was a very prestigious show. So I was just happy to be, just to place in the top five, honestly. Yeah, I mean, you've got to win overall to get a pro card at that, too. So, I mean, you got to take yeah. everything in order to get to the next level. That's one thing unique about the Arnold Amateur. Yes. So One of the um, toughest shows. What do you think uh, – if what, – what do you think was keeping you from first place? Like, if you had to pick certain things to work on in order to place first, what, what, what do you think it would be? Well, the guy that beat me, he beat me on aesthetics. And uh, I know from prejudging, you know – I had no oil on me or I did have oil, but I was so like, you know how it is so dehydrated that my body soaked up all the oils. Yeah. So yeah. when I was on stage, you couldn't see my conditioning because I had a guy beat from the side shots and the back shots, but he had that glossy look and he had a smaller waist than I did. And it gets, it gets translated better on stage. So he beat me. So but he got yeah. beaten overall, but he looked, he still looked really good. Yeah. I've noticed that. That's how you can tell people really dehydrated is it takes a few coats of oil for it to start showing up because they soak it right up. Um, what's the, what's the next one you're getting ready for? Well, it's going to be the Arnold classic and <laughs> it's in September. So we're going to be prepping all year. I mean, I mean, but if you pull it off, it'll be worth it, man. I mean, you think about some people think it's a long time, but if you go up there and, and win, it's definitely worth it. If you go up, if you say you only prep, okay, well, I'm only going to take like four months and, and get ready or something. Then you go up there and you place like fourth, you're like, man, I should have prepped longer. So, yes. I mean, you better go all out and see, put everything out there. Yes. You know, and plus, you know, I mean, it's a lifestyle that we live in 24-7 as it is. So, it's honestly not that big of a change to go into a – you just have to less from cheat meals, eat cleaner, be more constructive about it. So, it's just a few tweaks. 
other than some of these people that have never done it before and they switch to the program, they got to revamp their whole lifestyle just to get started. So at least you're not at Are that you um, yes. what's the, what's the, what got you into doing this? What got you into the bodybuilding and how far are you looking to take it? What's the end, end vision for yourself? Yeah. Well, just starting out, you know, I've always been like really big into bodybuilding. I remember as a kid, I used bodybuilding used to actually be on ESPN. I used to idolize guys like, you know, Sean Ray, Flex Wheeler, and of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, growing up, I wanted to be him, you know, but uh, started out in football, worked out all the time. I actually got all the way to college and lasted two weeks of college ball. And I actually quit and I was just kind of lost. And I still went to the gyms, did, still did all the workouts and everything. And I was like freshman in college. And I kept seeing those links to watch the Olympia from on Facebook from bodybuilding.com. And I just clicked on a link one day and I watched Olympia and saw Phil Heath walk down the stairs in 2011. And I was like, wow, I think I'm gonna give this a shot. I'm gonna look like that guy. So I went to the gym with no direction really. And, Family, an older gentleman approached me. He was like, you ever think about doing bodybuilding? And I'm like, I want to, but I don't know what to do and how to eat. He took me to a show in Greensboro, North Carolina. I think that's a Quincy Roberts show. And I watched that and I was like, I think I could do this. And still, like that summer I went home and ate everything in sight. Didn't know what I was doing. I just cut my cardio out. And I just got really fat. And then they told me to eat a sweet potato, a chicken, some chicken breast and some broccoli. And I ate that six times a day and did my first show and I won and I was hooked ever since. So didn't really know what I was doing, but got hooked after that first win. In 2011, that's when Phil won his first one, right? Yes. Okay. I think I, and I did my first show that in, was that, I think it was August of 2012. It, it was okay. like a non-sanctioned, non-NPC show. Okay. And then I did North Carolina States shortly after that. And I did the junior division where I won the overall there. And I was just hooked after that. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually what I see either people do one, one and done, or they'll do it a couple of times where they, they do one show and it's like, this is what I'm doing forever. Yes. Uh, I've seen it go one way or the other. Uh, when you, when you first got started, you already talked a little bit about the diet. What, what training style did you start doing and how is that different versus what you're doing now? Well, starting out, before I just kind of did random things in the gym, you know, I guess I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I watched videos of uh, like, you know, my oldest brother worked out and I guess used to follow him. And I used to look in old, you know, muscle development magazines and I used to copy the guy's workouts in the magazine. And it wasn't until I actually met a, my first pro I actually ever met was Van Anthony. And I met him in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. And he kind of showed me the ropes and how to train the, the supersets and, drop sets and I learned a lot from him and uh showed me how to eat a little bit better and uh he actually got me my first couple of wins and I, that's before I actually got into the extreme of like the extreme dieting of measuring my foods and you know being really precise on things so that's how I kind of got started on that um <clears throat> how is that how has that evolved now like um as the like when you first started I guess now you're more precise with the eating and it's more structured and yes. um, how the training wise, how, how is the training different now than when you first started? Uh, has it advanced in you? You still doing the same stuff that you started with or what? Dude, I like, it's actually very structured now. You know, I've worked with many different coaches and now it's like working with Patrick Tor. He has me on the cluster sets. He has me on a time under tension, the eccentric and concentric movements and everything's just, 
is a program that's actually changed my physique totally. And I'm not in the gym for two to three hours a day like I used to be seven days a week. So the main, the biggest change has been the rest and the pace of the workouts. I'm not in there just doing random stuff and doing every machine in the gym and overtraining. And it's actually just helped me rest and I've been getting much better gains from it actually. So just, uh, yeah, yeah, I would say that. Yeah, you know, I've noticed sometimes um, when you turn down the volume and stick with just the basic stuff and be like, okay, we're going to do sets on this until I'm fucking smoked and then we're going to the next workout. Within 45 minutes, you can be toast. Yes. I mean, you you build up, do like two or three really hard working sets after doing a few warm-ups and like go get three or four or five basic exercises instead of doing all this shit with all these different angles and stuff. And sometimes I think people need to go back to that and it'll help them break through a plateau sometimes. It's like, sometimes you got to go back to the basics and sometimes you have to lower the volume and just concentrate more on one lift and spreading that out across like 10 different lifts. Tell me about how some things have changed since you picked up this new coach, Patrick Tor. I know he's, he's um, becoming more known in the community this past year. I mean, I've seen him on a couple podcasts. I mean, he definitely knows his shit. Um, what are some of the major changes you've noticed since working with him? Oh, man. The volume of food, goodness, like it made me question like the past nine years of everything I did in bodybuilding. I'm like, I felt like I always starved myself to get ready for shows. Now working yeah. with Patrick, like he, the first week working with Patrick, I literally gained almost 14 pounds. And I don't know if that was water, but it was just like my body was like recomping. And it's like the sheer volume is just, I eat so much and like it's not shakes, it's just sweet potatoes, just bison, chicken, fish. Yes. Fruits is a variety of foods. Unlike my old diets, I used to, we start prepping for a show and I'll drop 10 pounds the first week. Like yeah. I literally shot up to 254 pounds with Patrick. And then I steadily, I'm, I went back down. I went as low as 30, 232. And now I'm going back up. I'm like waking up around that 240 mark again and I'm leaning out and it's like, I feel better. And with my previous coaches, we had cheat meals every other week. Patrick doesn't believe in that. And honestly, starting out, I couldn't, I couldn't work Patrick starting out in my younger twenties because I was not disciplined. And now I don't crave anything. I guess I like being on that structured plan, eating my meals every day. My entire schedule revolves around those meals. So I like that structure. So the main thing is just the volume of food working with Patrick. If you eat right, you won't get any cravings. I truly think that if you're for the majority of the diet, there may be a small part where you got to suck it up. I get it. But yes. a lot of guys, when I start training them and they worry about cravings, usually the first thing they say is they don't have any because they're either eating so much or their food's yes. balanced out where they're not getting the blood sugar fluctuations that like to trigger a lot of those cravings. Yes. You know, and um, I did notice the first few weeks you were with them, like you said you were, you were leaning out, like you were on like a program to lean out. I was like, well, fuck dude, you're getting, you are leaning out, but you're, you're getting bigger. You're getting rounder. So, I mean, I know, I know it definitely what's working. So how long did it take for you to adjust to that, to eating the food? I mean, was it hard to get down to start with or did you just? Well, you know, you know, honestly, like after signing up with Patrick, I was so stoked because I, I, you know, I saw him on a podcast and I was like, I get to work for one of the best in the industry. I was just, whatever this man was going to tell me to eat, I was going to eat it. So it was very hard the first week. And I, like, I still struggle at times on my, uh, getting my meal six in, but you know, I wake up for it every night primarily comes cause I have my post-workout meal and then I got to wait another two hours to eat my last meal. And typically my post-workout meal is late at night. So I wake up around midnight to get that last meal in. 
But uh, to answer your question, um, yes, it was very hard to get those meals in. And uh, I complained to him a few weeks ago about it. I was like, dude, like, is there any way we can re, you know, restructure this diet? And he explained to me, he's like, you need to get those meals in, you know. Um, it's all about your recovery and that those meals going to help you recover, you know? So yeah, that's it. I mean, and I guess, um, honestly, I guess I know for some people and, and in some cases, if instead of adjusting the diet to your body, your body will adjust to the diet. Like if you're going to grow, you have to eat maybe not what that, growth grown person's going to eat, but somewhere in the middle as, so they'll start moving towards that. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't want to eat what's going to be your baseline and say, I'm going to try to grow. You got to push it a little bit. Yes. So it makes sense. Yes. That comes along with the training. I know like with this, the the volume of food I'm eating, I make sure when I go to the gym, I like, I try to push the heaviest weight possible. So I know like I'm utilizing all those calories I'm taking in so I can grow because I'm eating at a surplus. So that means I should be able to train at like at my limits every day. And I'm, I'm getting enough calories in and I'm taking the right supplements for recovery. So I should be able to bounce back. And this has been the change this time. This like, this is what's been the formula to help me grow so far. You know, it's the volume of the training and the food is just it's, it's awesome. I think there's a, I think there's a placebo mentally that when you're eating enough, you want to train like fucking crazy. Cause you oh, know, yeah. when you're starving, you're dying. You're like, man, I'm going to do what I got to do and get the hell out of here. I'm struggling. But then you're Didn't eating there. all the time and you're, you either feel, man, I eat all that food. I better train or you just feel great and you want to train all the time. So, yes. I mean, it definitely makes it, if you're eating right, it definitely makes a big difference with your training. And you know, if, if you take steps in your diet or even other stuff that would keep you from training, you're kind of defeating the purpose. Oh, yeah. you know, so you definitely want to eat stuff to where you can go in there and train your ass off the majority of the time or else you're not going to see much from it. You know, you don't want to impede the training. That's one thing I've heard pros you know, tell me is that if you're doing something and it's hurting your training, like if you're eating a certain way to where you're bloated, you can't do squats right or you can't move. You need to cut that shit out because if you can't train properly, what the fuck are you going to expect to get out of this? Exactly. So yes. you have to. Yeah. So you, you got to do whatever you got to do is you got to make sure that it makes the training better. Yes. And like you said, also the recovery and get the benefits out of that training too. What a lot of people don't realize is what you do outside. You know, you're just programming what you want in the gym, but the stuff you do outside, like I, I, I describe it as like building a house. Like you give the blueprints when you're in the gym, you're giving the blueprints to the person, but that person's like, I need this many men, this many hours, this much material, this much money. And if you don't give it those things, it can, it will not build that house. So when yes. you go out of the gym, it's like, I need food. I need rest. I need this supplementation. I need these aminos. I need this much water. If you don't get it, that blueprint you built in the gym, you ain't going to see shit from it. Exactly. I like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a puzzle, man. And just one piece ain't going to get you nowhere. So having a trainer like that that can do all the pieces of the puzzle is awesome. I mean, I see some of these pros, they'll have like three or four different guys, one doing the diet, one doing the training, one doing straight. Like, dude, that's a lot of damn money. That's a lot of time. That's like yes. more people than a fucking NASCAR team. Like you need, you know, it'd be nice to have like one or maybe two at the most if you're with like Charles Glass or somebody who's an expert at just training. Yes. But, you know, having one guy that can do a lot of it is very beneficial because, like you said, I mean, the way you train is going to affect how you eat. And I remember Patrick Tour saying this on one of Fuad's podcasts, like the training and the diet go together. So the diet yes. is like one has to be designed to complement the other. So to have somebody do one and someone do the other, it's hard as hell because those people at least need to talk so that everything balances out. Yes. So that's uh you guys listen out there. It's um 
So a lot of you guys will just eat randomly and then lift and wonder why you're not getting big, dude. It's a puzzle. You got to have all the pieces fit perfectly in place and they have to complement each other. Especially when you get on Chris's level, that's one of the things like he's doing now. And for you guys that have been in IHF and seeing them out, he's changed. It's like, well, it's been like six, seven weeks since you've been with him. Oh, we're going on week 10. Week 10. 10. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So like, but you can see the changes. And um, it definitely makes a difference when everything's synced up perfectly. And if the same person's doing all that, it makes sense. It should sync up a lot better. Yes. Um, is there any certain uh, – I know we probably already covered a little bit. Is there any certain strategy, like you guys are doing this for going to the, the Arnold, that's going to be different from last time? Or is there a certain thing he wants to work on that he noticed with you when you were on stage? Like, hey, we need to focus on getting more of this rather than this or anything like that? Well, you know, breaking down my uh, structure, he's like, okay – you got good structure, but you don't have the best structure, but you're not missing muscle either. You just need more muscle. So the Arnold actually getting pushed back to September is allowing him to act, is allowing me, you know, is allowing him to help me grow into the show. Cause we got my body to a point where my metabolism is firing all again on all cylinders. So I'm able to eat more and I can, you know, stay relatively lean throughout this entire prep and I can just eat, eat, eat and train and grow. So Right now, like, you know, the last Arnold I competed in, I was 218, and now it's going to be – it might be a couple pounds difference, but I'm going to be fighting to be right at 225 on stage. At one point, we thought we were, I was going to be a super heavyweight because my weight wasn't moving. But the plan is to come in bigger and better and get some more condition. And, you know, you know, this long – prepping this long, I think it's, it's going to bring a more quality physique. I'm going to be tighter, and, you know, I'm not going to be stringy and flat and just, you know, the, just – like I looked the last time on stage. Yeah, well, he's not, you're not going to burn out. He's focusing on the recovery and the, and the food yeah. and stuff. So it's it's a, a definitely better strategy than like, okay, we're going to start cutting now. And then like six months down the road, you're fucking burned out and your body's not responding to shit. And you're just a watery mess on stage. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And like, the, it's the cool, the cool thing about his diet, because we had high and low days at first. And I had like maybe three high days a week. And then I had primarily low days. And then it, my body was changing. And he's like, all right, we, we're going to alternate high and low, high and low. And then finally, I got to a point where I was so getting so lean. He was like, "All right, I'm moving. This is a, this is going on the third week, or this is the second full week of me just going all high days." Yeah. And you know, my body is actually absorbing all the food now. I'm like, I'm waking up at like two thirty-seven. I end the day around about two forty-two, and I'm staying lean. It's like it's it's crazy, and I just I feel better, and I'm not tired because last year I was about this the same condition I was now at this point. And I felt like crap I was doing all this cardio and I was starving, you know, I would like, I couldn't sleep at night. I'm sleeping good. I wake up, I have plenty of energy and I was like, okay, I'm dieting, but I feel this good. I'm not used to this. You know, I'm used to feeling like crap for the last sometimes eight weeks of prep, like just being moody and just irritable. Yeah. I feel great. I have plenty of energy, but I know I'm eating a ton of carbs. So well, the, the, the high and low, it sounds like, I don't know what he's doing, but if I were to guess, it sounds like he's using those high days to kind of get your body used to it, you know, because you start a low high and then eventually went to all high. It's like he's, you know, it's inching your way up instead of just throwing all this shit at you, you know. Yes. Sometimes it's a better strategy. And what you said about sleep, I don't think people realize the difference in, in, in sleeping well. Like if you're waking up all throughout the night and you can't sleep and your cortisol levels are up, you're going to notice water retention. It's going to be harder for the weight to drop. But 
you know, if you time your meals right and get the carbs in at certain times before the cortisol will be lower. Hell, I, if I take CBD before I go to bed, I lose weight better, more efficient because my sleep's deeper, my sleep's better. And I can sleep five hours and be refreshed instead of having to sleep seven or something. So the, the sleep is, is crucial because, um, you know, I tell people you, when dieting, you sleep to, re to recover, to build, to make hormones, all this shit. If you're not eating enough food to do those things, there's no reason for your body to sleep. So that's why you toss and turn and shit when you're all depleted. Now, yeah, it's necessary at a certain point, but you always want to minimize the suck in a diet. You know, you don't want to be feeling like that fucking 10 weeks out. You're either way behind or you're fucking up like yes. four weeks out, maybe six weeks even. But like 10, no, it should be feeling good at that point. Sleep is fucking crucial and consistency is crucial. These guys that go from night to day shift, I mean, even though they have to, you got to find ways to make it better because your sleep changing all the time will screw things up. You know, when I, when I got out of the military and started sleeping normal every night, I dropped six pounds just from sleep at the same time every day. Sleep's crucial, man. I mean, that's a lot of stuff goes on when you sleep. And if it doesn't happen, your body just hits a fucking brick wall. Any advice for people that are getting into bodybuilding or wanting to like push it to the limit? Actually, I don't think you ever asked. Did you ever, you never said how far you wanted to take it. Oh yeah, that is right. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> I, of course, you know, I don't make, I want to make a living out of this. You know, it's my passion. Like I eat, sleep, breathe bodybuilding 24 seven. I listen to the podcast. I watch everything, but you know, RX muscle, any news, any, anything, anybody goes, I becomes a pro. I'm pretty much on, you know, I know what's going on. So yeah. You know, I would like to be a pro and eventually compete at the Olympia. I don't have, I don't think I'll ever win the Olympia, but I think I'll be an Olympian one day. You know, I guess I think I'll be a, you know, you know, mid-tier pro. You know, that's that's my that's where I think I'll place. But I want to be right up there and just make a living being, being travel the world and just be a pro, pro bodybuilder. Well, Hawaii has done very well with turning out a lot of pros lately. So you're definitely one of the right places when it comes to knowledge, training, gyms, success. I mean, we got some damn good gyms on this island. Yes, and um. This is definitely when I first came here, it was there was only a few because there was only a couple categories, though. But now from the point I got here to now, there's been so many people turn pro and bodybuilding's gotten so much bigger. And it's like everywhere. Like Hawaii is a fucking hub for that shit. I just wish the expenses of traveling and cost of living were better so that more people would notice that, you know, Hawaii is growing and bodybuilding and more more shows would come down here and things like that. As far as the training and stuff like that, this is a great place to come to for that because you've got everything here. A lot of old school guys that are here too. So it's it's really cool. I've learned a lot just being around some of the trainers and stuff that have been doing this longer than I have when I come here. And just like being in gyms like IHF and seeing the quality of people that come in there is just, just the atmosphere is badass, you know, going in there training. And um, definitely don't, don't get that in very many places. There's too many corporate foo-foo gyms, I call them, all over the place. So it's nice to find an area where there's more than one gym like that. Is there anybody who's up and coming or wanting to get into the sport? Uh, any type of advice you want to give them as far as what they're getting ready to get into that they may not realize or what any advice they could use to help get them in the right direction? Oh yeah. Well, I would say, you know, I know when I first got in the sport, you know, I wanted to get big as big as possible as, you know, as fast as possible. And I would say just be patient. It's not a sprint, a marathon. You know, listen to your body. Don't rush things, you know, eat, train and enjoy the journey. You know, don't try to rush it. When you start, start, start trying to rush things in a sport, that's when the injuries comes, health issues will come. It gets, enjoy the process. It's, it's all part of the journey. 
So that's my advice I would say for upcomers coming into the sport. And um, I know everybody wants to be a pro. They want to fast track things, but see if you can make it to a diet first, do a show and then see if you really like this. Cause once you really start dieting, you realize this sport's not for everyone when you actually diet the right way. So it's, you know, it not knocking on performance sports cause I've done those too. And they're also very hard, but you know, when you, every single thing you do determines what you look like that day on stage, it gets, it's a whole different level of preparation and training because you have to do your everyday life shit. Plus make sure all your meals are in tune. Plus deal with the, with the mood swings. If you're dieting really hard, plus get the training and you can't miss shit. And then people that think that stuff comes out of nowhere, like a flat tire or, you know, something with a relative, like that's actually everyday shit. It just happens to happen when you have a structured lifestyle. So it seems yeah. more of a burden and people yes. don't realize that like everyday life still happens when you bodybuild. So you have to, do the stuff through the bodybuild on top of all the shit that you're used to doing already, which makes it a lot fucking harder than people think. Yes. And every decision, every fork in the road you'd go determines what you're going to look like that night or that day. So um, it's very, very hard. And that's why there's only a small percentage of people that even make it to the top. I know the mental side of the sport starting out, you know how it is when you first start this sport It's so hard when you're really depleted. It makes you question everything like why am i doing this it makes you like i gotta work all week and it's like you can have four more weeks left of prep and it just feels like eternity like it gets is isolating and it can be very very lonely if you don't have a good support system in this sport so guys make sure you have good balance when you get in this sport well it's i, will, I wouldn't say balance because if you're trying to compete at the top level you're not going to have balance and it's going to be a long lonely road it can be so yeah. And make sure the right people are around you because you can have the wrong crowd or people who don't understand and uh, it could fuck you up. Yeah. So you have to make sure like the people around you usually should be into the same thing or have done it to where they can relate to where they know to be good support. Um, but what I've noticed is that if you stay in the lifestyle long enough, your environment will change. Like you'll lose the friends that are not, going to contribute to your results or are going to hold you back. They'll usually kind of fade off and then you gain new friends that are doing the same shit. So you guys are all helping each other out and stuff. So if you do it and hang in there long enough, your environment's going to change. It's just a lot of people drop out so quick. The first time they hit a bump in a road and um, you know, it's it, that's it. You know, that's it, it's um, yeah. I mean, as soon as they get something, they have to change like, Oh, this is harder than I thought. And then they fucking quit, you know? Um, it is the mental aspects, definitely something I don't think people realize until they get into it. Cause I mean, you're, it will, your mind will tell you shit, play tricks, the things that you will, you'll sit there and convince yourself you're going to get your ass beat. And then you stop dieting and you look back at photos you're like, man, I could have fucking won. Yeah. Or if I wouldn't have freaked out and changed all this shit and just kept doing what I was doing three weeks out, I would have fucking won. You, oh, you, yeah. you know, this, it, it's hard. I mean, it messes with you. That's why it's good to have somebody guide you the first couple of times, or at least, you know, all the time. So if, you know, when you're saying that stuff, he can tell you, hey, shut the fuck up. You're fine. Just keep pushing. You know, people need that. Oh, yeah. So, well, I'm looking forward to see how you do this time. I mean, just the 10 weeks you've been with them, everybody's noticed changes and stuff and how you're going in there. So and you seem like the training's a lot better. You seem like in a better mood than when you were dieting the last time. Real quiet, moving slow and shit all the time. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's like it seems like it's already going a lot better. Moody as hell too. It's like yeah. oh, can't talk today. Stay away from me. <laughs> yeah, but as you get closer, even after you do it, I like to have you back on and kind of recap and see how things went. And um, if you guys are interested in following him, I'll put Chris's information in the description below on the podcast and on YouTube. And um, that way you can follow him on Instagram if you want. And uh, if you want to check out the gym that we talked about, I'll put that information on there too at Iron Wine Fitness. Uh, Chris, thanks for joining us, man. Hopefully um, we get to have you on after you win the next time you go up. Heck yeah, man. That's the, that's the, that'll be the dream right there to win the Arnold Classic. That'll oh, be hell the yeah. That, if there's any goal, amateur show I would want to win it would be the one where i had to win the whole goddamn thing and it was the arnold amateur because you win that you get an automatic invite after that too don't you oh yeah oh yeah and then arnold's gonna hang you your trophy yeah that's like that's what a better way to win your pro card have arnold schwarzenegger hang you your pro card in the trophy yeah there's no better way to get it i don't think that's the shit all right man thanks for coming and joining us man hopefully we'll have you back soon oh yeah thanks dude